Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I'm so excited you're here. And if you are new to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking a chance to see what this podcast is all about. The way that the podcast usually works is that I read a journal entry of mine from five or six years ago, and then I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then when I was in the depths of the struggle. But today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to mix it up. We have a guest with us today and her name is Heather Baker and she and I connected on Instagram and have a lot of similarities in past relationship journeys. We're both life coaches. We love all things self-help. So it was an immediate connection. And so um, here she is, I guess, on one of a kind you. So I'm so excited for her to um, share her knowledge and her wisdom with us. And um, she is a mom to a 15 year old daughter and she is a life coach. And um, she's also a paralegal and um, she has her own podcast called Fiercely You, right, Heather? Be Fiercely You. Be Mm -hmm. be Fiercely You, and uh, which is amazing. I've listened to a few episodes. The manifestation (laughs) episode was really good. And um, so did I leave anything out? I don't think so. Okay, cool. (laughs) So is there, so I'm good. I'm like, yes, I got it. I did did. this anything. (laughs) So, um, Heather is going to share with us some of her journey and, um, what helped her get through the journey, the journey of the struggles. So I'll let you take it away, Heather. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, all right. So yeah, as she said, my name is Heather Baker. Um, and I am a certified life coach. My business is Heather Nicole coaching. Um, and my story goes back really to when I was 19 and found out I was pregnant um, because that threw me for a loop. I was not expecting that. Uh (laughs) Definitely wasn't planned as I was a student at University of Delaware at the time. Um, And, you know, I was a baton twirler for the marching band, you know, had everything planned out. And then this threw a wrench in everything, but it is my biggest blessing Mm -hmm. at this point in my life as well. Um, but at the time when I found out, I kind of went into a spiral because it was really, um, not taken well with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, they were very upset with me, very disappointed. And I took it really, really hard. And I really kind of fell into this place of, you know, nobody's ever going to want to be with me and I'm a failure and all that Mm kind of stuff. Um, so so not true. Like that's right. Exactly. That's a horrible yeah, story that have, we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. which is not the truth. Nope. And it took me years mm-hmm. to unlearn that. Yes. But because of those feelings and how we kind of mirror those things in our relationships, yeah. I attracted a narcissist and I ended up being married to him. Um, we were together for a total of almost 10 years. It's a long time. Um, yeah, he was mentally, uh, emotionally, verbally, physically abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I could talk for hours about stories, yes, <laughs> stuff that yeah. I have been through. But um, long story short, he really just kind of 
tore me down. Mm -hmm. I was really confident in who I was before. You know, I had a strong sense of what I wanted to do with my life and all those kinds of things. And then I found myself in this relationship where all of that was torn away. And, um, you know, he would gaslight me and love bomb me and, you know, all the things and things they're really good at. It's like, if they could put some of that effort and energy into positive things, imagine what the world would be like and imagine how successful they'd be, you know? Right, right. It's amazing how much energy they put into trying to manipulate someone that they supposedly love Mm -hmm. and that they've supposedly made this commitment to for, you know, to spend the rest of their life with. Um, And, you know, there were red flags in the beginning. We ended up, so we started dating in March and he proposed in May. Wow. He's a fast mover. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, my knight in shining armor. He's coming to save the day. Somebody loves me. He's accepting my daughter. Yes. Um, and you know, I was, I was just swept away. Um, yes. and he was in the military. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, it's amazing. Um, so we did end up having a long engagement. Oh, okay. And there were we were engaged for two years before we ended up actually getting married. Um, and there were definitely red flags along the way I should have seen, but I was young, dumb and love, you know? Yeah. Um, and I and, think too, because, um, it, in my relationship, there were red flags, but I ignored them because I so desperately wanted to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And so I ignored them, even though I saw them multiple times, I ignored them. I think so many women do ignore the signs, ignore the red flags, because I think it's easier to ignore the red flags than it is to face the truth. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you face the truth, then you start with all the, well, is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? You know, and it's hard to look at, look at that part of yourself. Yeah. Um, um, but, and I think also a lot of it was at the time I didn't even know, I didn't know what red flags were, Right. you know what I mean? I hadn't even been in enough serious relationships to really know what a healthy and a toxic relationship was. I didn't have that awareness. I didn't have the knowledge that I do now. So but you knew something didn't feel right. Right. And then the other part of that too, is my parents and they'll be married. They just celebrated their like 40th wedding anniversary. They've been married a really long time. Yeah. But the thing was, during my teenage years were like their worst years of their marriage. Uh So I really saw a lot of arguing and a lot of name, name calling and all kinds of toxic things. And I thought that was normal. Mm -hmm. I thought, Oh, you know, married people fight, married people call each other names. And so when I had that in my marriage, it didn't really occur to me that there was something wrong with that. Yes. Um, it wasn't until probably six or seven years into the relationship when I was finally like, this is not okay. Yeah. This is not right. I should not be crying every day. I should not be begging him to give me the love and attention that I want. I should and not- that you deserve. Exactly. Yeah. And what do you think caused you like, what do you think took so like six or seven years. That's a long time. Like, what do you think caused you to take that long before you're like, well, wait a second, hold the phone. Something's not right. Um, you know, I've thought about that a lot and there, 
you know, there's this trauma bonding yes. where we go, th- we go through these traumatic events and we think in our minds that it brings us closer to this mm-hmm. person and not yeah. really being able to recognize the trauma in it and the toxicity in it and all that. And we had been through so many bad, bad fights And then he would love bomb me afterwards. So I'd be like, oh, well, you know, it's okay. We fought, but we made up and we're okay now. And he really does love me. And I think I was so convinced and so brainwashed that he was the love of my life. And we made Mm -hmm. this commitment. And, you know, he also, like, there were times where we had thrown out the idea, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be together. But he would always make me feel like, well, we made this commitment to be married. And if you step out now, you're wrong. And you yes. know, we're, and so I think that guilt that yes. I was feeling held me on. Um, and also just the lack of knowledge yes. around those things and the lack of awareness that there was something better and yes. that, you know, I actually could have the love I deserve. I actually yes. could live a happy life. Yeah. You know, I didn't think that was possible. it's so great like talking like listen to you talk I'm like same thing it was like you know we weren't married we just had been together from the time that we were 15 until we were 21 and for a part of that time he had been in jail and I said yes to the jailhouse proposal and um and I stayed like hanging on the hope that when he got out of jail things would change but they were actually worse when he got out of jail because the drug addiction spiraled out of control even worse than before he went to jail and I didn't want to be with him when he was in jail. I actually started dating my manager at work secretly. And like, that wasn't not a good thing either, but I'm looking for love in all the wrong ways. And so it was so crazy because the whole time I didn't want to be with him six months into the relationship, I didn't want to be with him anymore. And then my parents said, you two, like I couldn't see him and they forbid me to see him and they Mm -hmm. taped our phone conversations and all of that. Yeah. And so that for me, I was like, I was 16. I was like, I'm 16. I'm an adult. You can't tell me what to do. And, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. God, we my daughter's that. only four years away from 16 and she pulls out with me. I'm going to kill her. But oh, yeah. six months in, I didn't want to be with him, but I did not know how to say to my parents that I did not want to be with him. And so for basically four and a half, five years, I was with him, not really wanting to be with him, but I had this sick thought in my head. Like if I leave him, he's going to kill himself. No, he was seeing girls behind my back. He was going to be just fine. But I convinced myself that if I left him, that he would kill himself. And then I would have to carry that guilt with me for the, for the rest of my life that because I left him, he killed himself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is crazy. But I mean, I get it. I I mean, I can relate. It's, you know, unfortunately way too many women have those kinds of you know, quote unquote, crazy stories in their head as to why they can't leave or why they, you know, have to stay committed to this terrible person. Yeah. And you don't, you know, you have free will and yeah, you know, it just takes that, that one moment where you're, it finally clicks and you're like, Oh no, 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 this is not how things should be. Yeah. Things should be at all. Yeah. So better late than never. I mean, it's okay that it Mm. took six or seven years because you finally had the realization and you decided it was time to do something. So when you had that realization, what did you do? So when I, so my actual first realization, which is just so like cringe and like corny, I watched the movie eat, pray, love. 
uh-huh. for the first time. And it had been out for a little while. Um, but I had watched this movie and, you know, if you're listening and don't know, this movie is basically about a woman who is in a very unhappy marriage. Um, she finally got up, you know, the courage to leave him. And then she went on this journey, um, for a year around the world traveling, you know, doing self-discovery and all this. And I watched this movie and I was like, so wait, we can change. We can leave. Like, there's so much more out there. Like, why have I been so close-minded? So at the time, obviously I didn't have the funds to just pick up and leave and travel the world. So I was like, I'm going to do. Who does though? Who does? I wish I could have. Right. I'm going to one day for sure. Um, But I decided, you know, let me get some self-help books. Let me dig into this a little bit more. Let me, you know, kind of start to peel back the layers and see where all this emotion is coming from. Because I was so freaking emotional. I would cry all the time. Like, mm-hmm. and looking back now, I realized I just had all this built up anger and resentment towards him. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do with it. Um, so I finally started to peel that back and realize where all these emotions were coming from. I started to remember who I was and get back in touch with her and do things for myself. Which um, is huge because that's so hard to do when you're first a mom, because I feel like we have our Mm -hmm. mom hat on all the time, especially when our kids are little and then in an abusive relationship, it's even that much harder because God forbid you do something. And then you're accused of cheating, lying, Mm -hmm. betraying, whatever. And that's what what I dealt with the whole time too. When Mm -hmm. I started doing it, because he was not happy that I was like, Hey, I'm going to go out with some girlfriends tonight. And he's like, oh, why didn't you tell me what time are we leaving? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going out by myself with my girlfriends. You're not invited. Right. No, this is a girl's night. And then, you know, he's blowing up my phone all night and making me feel bad for being out and all that kind of stuff. So then I started to feel bad for doing these things for myself. So it was really like an uphill battle and very up and down. And, you know, it was just a constant tug and pull between I want this better life for myself, but he wasn't like letting me have Mm -hmm. it. You know, he's trying to hold on because he knew he was starting to lose control. He knew that I was starting to see these things. Cause I was starting to speak out to him more, uh-huh. um, you know, before like he would get upset about something and I would just immediately apologize and shut down. And I started kind of challenging him a little bit more. Um, and that was really freaking hard because that yeah. would just turn to blow up fights. And then you're dealing with that. And it was just ridiculous. So Fast forward, you know, towards the probably last six months or so of our relationship, I decided to start a blog and start a Instagram page. And I was really just kind of sharing quotes that Mm -hmm. I found on Pinterest and was just, you know, writing little captions, um, you know, like, I know there's somebody that needs to hear this today or, you know, repeat this or, you know, whatever it is, just simple stuff. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, so I got into that and it started kind of picking up and people were resonating with some of the things I was saying. And I kind of, um, it kind of gave me the confidence I needed. Mm -hmm. And then I went to him one day and I asked him to come watch a movie with me. And he had been out in the garage all day and he said, no, I don't want to. And I said, okay, I want a divorce. And he said, okay. And I went inside and that was the end of it. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. He he didn't fight for nothing. So I was like, 
What? That's it. Okay. So wow, I can fight you on that. I know. And then a week later, he ends up. Um, I forget, I had something to do and he was still living at the house and he was, you know, watching my daughter and, um, he took her to the park with the woman he is now with still. Oh, um, hell to the no. Mm-hmm. And that was the date. That's their anniversary date that they both have like on their social medias and all that Ew. stuff. A week after we, Ew. we separated. Ew. Yeah. So that just goes to show how fucking terrible. Yes. <laughs> Taking someone on a date with your soon-to-be ex-wife's kid. Yeah. Wow. And the fact that she thought that was okay, it just, it kind of makes me sad for her. I know. I know. It was unbelievable. And like she had, I think her son went too, because she had a son from a previous relationship. Um, So I don't know if they were trying to like make it seem like they were taking the kids out or something, you know, but like, whatever. We all knew what it was. Yeah. Um, So after that, I really was just like, I was able to just turn it off. Like I didn't care anymore. You know, like all the emotions that I had been feeling for all those years, I just was like, well, he obviously was not the one for me. Right. And I, that was like the moment in that week where I really had a total shift and really started focusing on myself and really Mm -hmm. like doing the things that I needed to do to heal and get better. Um, so that kind of led me again, you know, I'm still doing my blog. I was still doing my Instagram page and I had gotten a lot of people, uh, reaching out to me from Beachbody. They're like, Oh, you'd be a great coach, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I ended up doing Beachbody for a little while. Um, and then I realized that wasn't for me. You know, I, I love working out and, you know, I think your health obviously is super important, but that's not where my heart was. Like I knew that I was meant to help women heal and help them learn how to love themselves again and all that. And I wasn't getting that from trying to sell them powder and telling them to work out, you know, that's not what it's about. There's so much more to it than just exercising. Um, so I left that and was like, I'm getting my certification. I'm going to be a life coach. So I did. And that was in 2018 that I got that. So had you been to a life coach? Like, how did you even know what life coaching was? So at this point I had been doing so much research into like the self-improvement world Uh and had really been doing a lot of, like, I've been following all kinds of people on Instagram Um, and was like, Oh, this is like a thing. Like Mm -hmm. there are women out here making money from helping people on the internet, you know, like this is perfect. Um, and that, yeah, I looked into it and I was like, this is a no brainer. This is perfect. This is exactly, I, I felt right away in my soul. I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I ran with it and it was one of the best things I could have done. Yeah. It's interesting that you found it through research because I honestly don't even remember the first time I heard the word life coach, but, um, when I left the relationship, I didn't dive into self-help because this was back in 2003 when like, Mm -hmm. that wasn't really a thing amongst 20 year olds. Um, So I continued to live a lot of unhealthy patterns and it wasn't until I left my teaching career, actually, that I went to therapy thinking I was having an identity crisis because I wasn't a teacher mm-hmm. anymore. And I couldn't quite get into the groove of being a stay at home mom, um, where I learned all the fun things that, you know, resulted from childhood trauma and the abusive relationship and right. therapy was rough. It did not 
give me what I needed. And I felt worse after a year and a half of therapy than I did in eight sessions of life coaching. So I actually went to life coaching as like a, I got nothing else to lose kind of thing. Mm, <laughs> I was like, there yeah. was, I met this life coach and she wanted $10,000. And I was like, oh, I don't have $10,000. So I was like, not even close. And I was like, and God forbid if, um, like I did come up with 10 grand, which I don't know how I would do that. What if it doesn't work? Like, yeah. then I'm out 10 grand. So I had, um, met another gal at a networking group and she had talked about life coaching. So I went to her and I was like, Hey, is 10 grand. Like, is that what a life coach really costs? Like 10 grand, 10 grand. And she's like, no, if you want to be certified to be a life coach, yes, 10 grand. But to see a life coach, no. And so she was like, um, you know, the coach that I work with, they're having a seminar come up. It's nine 97. I'm like, okay, I can, I can come up with that because I could do payment plans. So I was like, okay, doable. But I went there not even knowing what I signed up for. And that was when I got hooked on life coaching. It was like when I actually felt the benefits and the results. And it's like, now I'm not going to say a snap of the fingers, but like, it felt like a snap of the fingers because it was literally two days in a weekend when I had just spent a year and a half suffering through therapy with getting nowhere. So I was like, Whoa, mind blown. And for me, that was when I was like, okay, how, what, how do I do this? Like, what do I do to be a life coach? Cause same with you. I was like, I just need to help women heal because no one should have to go through and live with the lingering pain and hurt from yep. an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree with you more, but and it is crazy how, like, you know, you go through all that, that kind of things going through trauma, I mean, going through therapy and all that. And then you're like, Oh, like, you know, you just kind of needed the right person to say it to you in a different yes. way that really resonates with you. And it just, you know, is creates this whole domino effect of a change in your life. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, so when you left, when you, so you left and you had like, where you were able to release it all and you were doing your quotes and writing your blog, what do you think was the most helpful thing for you to start releasing and letting go? Um, I think what really helped me was the really deep, deep work that I was doing on trying to understand my emotions and where they were all coming from. Um, because I realized I had so much built up inside of me. I had, you know, um, just all this anxiety and guilt built up. I had anger and resentment towards him built up. Um, you know, I was sad, like Mm -hmm. just really sad and unhappy. Um, you know, there was even a period of time that I was suicidal while we were still together because I was just so depressed. Yeah. It's literally soul sucking to have to deal with that every day, all day. It, It really is. It's just wears you down. And I couldn't understand why I was like, nothing brought me joy anymore. Nothing, you know, it didn't matter. And I hate to say this, but it's honest, even my daughter, you know, it was really hard to be present and be a mother because I was so distracted with, Oh my gosh, is today going to be a fight? Oh my gosh, he doesn't love me anymore. You know what I mean? It had just consumed my life Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand why I was so hooked and why I had all these big emotions 
Like I just didn't know where they all came from. So I really started to take the time to every day I would just journal and, um, I would just write down like, you know, today I really struggled with whatever the emotion was, overwhelm, anger, frustration, sadness. And I would just write as best I could to describe it and describe where it came from. Um, And after doing that for months at a time, I finally got to a point where I was like, noticing patterns Mm -hmm. um, and noticing the kinds of things that were starting to trigger me and noticing, hey, you know, I think, you know, that, that fear of rejection is coming from the fact that there were many times where he made you feel like you weren't good enough and he made you feel like, you know, you don't matter. Um, It's all related. And until I had gotten into this world, I was completely oblivious to the fact that um, these things existed and that there was a way to kind of work through them. So the way that I teach my clients now to really do this kind of thing and really understand their emotions is to do awareness check-ins every day. I have alarms set on my phone so that I don't forget. I, I have no excuse. I do it every day. And at this point I've been doing it consistently for probably like three years. Yeah. Um, and in the middle of the day and at the end of the day, I check in with myself because it can be really hard to do it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I set aside it five minutes, you have five minutes in the middle of your day and you have five minutes at the end of your day, no excuses. You can stop what you're doing, take a couple deep breaths and ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? How have I been this morning? You know, and the more often that you do that, the more you understand and the more you really get back in tune with yourself because you start to realize Um, you know, the things that actually make you happy, the things that make you sad that you want to get rid of. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, that's been a huge lifesaver for me is just taking that time, even though it's so scary, it's so scary and so hard to do at first because you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Is this, this is so wrong. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I have all these blessings in my life. Why do I feel so sad? Why do I feel so mad? Um, and you know, you think there's something wrong with you, but again, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it, the more you understand yourself. So that was really the thing that saved me, I think. Yeah. I think it's such a good, um, I'll say strategy because, well, and first of all, it is scary at first because you almost think like, oh God, when I recognize this, what if I don't know how to like what if I become aware of something that I don't know how to manage, then you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh God. But the more you do it, you can see like, okay, this happened. So then I felt this way. Oh my gosh, something similar happened. And I felt the same way. So you can start making the connections. And, and honestly, it's not even that you have to do anything in that moment. It's just the awareness is key. So then that way you can eventually start to change how you're responding to the situation. But I think the other thing that's really great about it is that when, um, we are in these situations, in these abusive relationships, you know, having whatever, you know, for me, it was like, even though when I was teaching, when I was a kindergarten teacher, I had this horrible work environment, um, where I had this one mom in particular, she complained to the principal about me and no one ever told me. 
So the principal never got back to her to say, we're going to have a meeting with Mrs. Keene on this day at this time. So then the teacher, the parent emailed me and said, I emailed your principal about you and she hasn't gotten back to me. When are we meeting? I had no idea. Then this mom came and sat in my classroom all day watching me. At the end of the day, oh she gosh. apologized because she saw that her child was misbehaving. The things that I said the child was doing, she did them in front of mom. But so that was like, that was really stressful and overwhelming and traumatic on some level. Cause I didn't know what I had done. I was right. just telling her that the child was having some behavioral problems in school. It wasn't anything I didn't do for the other kids that were having behavioral problems, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so when we get into these moments where we're triggered or where something stressful has happened, we go into autopilot mode. And so we lose sight, we lose touch with who we are. We lose check, like we lose a connection to a reality of, you know, what we really are thinking and feeling in the moment. And so this is a great way to tap back into that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally find myself, I am a huge overthinker and, you know, I struggled with anxiety for years. So it can be so easy to fall into one of those thought spirals and, you know, you don't even realize you're doing it. You know, you could go your whole whole day and be just spiraling down, down, down. And at the end of your day, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so mentally exhausted. Why is that? You know, but if you're not taking the time to actually really ask yourself, why Mm -hmm. do I feel this way? You're just going to keep repeating the cycle. Yeah. And after years and years of that, you are worn down and then you wonder where has the time gone? What have I been doing for the past year or two years, whatever. Yeah. And why am I so angry and miserable and (laughs) resentful? But the other thing that always pops into my mind too, and I don't know if you have the same thought of being a mom, I never want to teach my girls these things. Like I don't want to teach them how to mentally overthink everything. I don't want to teach them how to go down the thought spiral. I don't want them to see me doing these unserving patterns and then them pick it up. So for me, that sometimes is the the motivating force that I need to snap myself out of overthinking or negative self-talk or whatever the case may be. Because I think, oh God, did Lily or Casey hear me? Do they see what I do? So then I'm like, oh no, no, we need to set good examples for them because I learned a lot of unhealthy and unserving behaviors from my mom and my stepmom and my dad and my stepdad. So it's like, when I started going through the healing journey, I was like, oh, like that was my number one goal. If I couldn't save myself, at least I was going to break the cycle for my kids. Yes. Yeah. That's a huge motivator for me. Cause like, as you mentioned, you know, my daughter's 15. So she's really at a time in her life where she's figuring herself out. She's, you know, she's an only child and, um, she has definitely been spoiled since day one, but she's always been around adults her whole life. So mm-hmm. she's very mature for her age. Um, and I know that when I was with my ex-husband, she saw a lot of fights. She heard yeah. a lot of really terrible things being said. So that is always in the back of my mind. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, is she going to end up in a relationship like this? You know, is she going to have these, these tendencies? Is she going to think that that's an okay relationship to be in? Yeah. Um, and that was another really big motivator for me to even do this business and, you know, go down this path was because I did not want her to repeat my story Yeah. because I knew how much it affected me and mm-hmm. changed my life 
I just want better for her. You know, as we all do, you know, we want a better life for them than we had for ourselves. Even if we had the most fantastic life, you you still just want better for your kids. Um, So I'm really blessed now that, you know, she's a great kid. She's like I said, she's very mature for her age. Um, And she's on social media now. So she sees my posts, you know, and we talk about stuff. You know, we have a very open relationship. I always tell her if she ever hears something that I'm saying on my page or, you know, if she listens to the podcast or whatever, and she wants to talk about it to let me know. And, 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 um, you know, we've had a lot of good conversations. I was actually really proud of her recently because she had a boyfriend Uh and, um, things weren't going well and she decided to end things. And she read me the message that she sent him. And she started it by saying, um, Hey, I just, uh, I really care about you. And I think you're a great friend, but this relationship is not good for my mental health. And I think we need to stop seeing each other. I was like, Oh my God, you go girl. So that was, I realized I was like, she is get like, she's seeing different things. I'm changing the pattern. And that was like, that was just such a really great moment. Yeah, it really yeah. was like, oh my God. Also very sex. Oh my gosh, she's growing up. I know. You know? Like, I know. It's also terrifying, but. <laughs> yes, it's like, it's the double-edged sword. It's like, happy yep. to see the girls growing up and be blossoming into who they are and standing true and confident in that. But at the same time, I'm like, where's my little girl who used to say, I want to wear a girt instead of, I want to wear a skirt. Like, oh yeah. 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 Or even, you know, I mean, your girls are still a little bit younger, but like, you know, she don't want to hang out with me no more. So (laughs) mine at 12 and nine don't want to hang out with me anymore either. My daughter told me the other day at school that I was embarrassing when I helped her carry in things for a class party. She was like, okay, goodbye. And I was like, Mm -hmm there's no door, honey. Like we're in the hallway. So do you want me to like Harry Potter myself through the wall? And she was like, well, if you could, yeah. I was like, excuse (laughs) me. I'm a cool mom. I'm not embarrassing. She was like, you're embarrassing me. I was like, like, I'm disheveled. (laughs) My coat is falling off and my backpack is like, she doesn't talk like that, but in my, like her snotty little kid brain, I was like, yeah. Telling me that I'm embarrassing. Not even kid. Yeah. Oh, I get it all the time. I'm like, you have no idea. I am such a cool mom. Like, get right. Out of here. <laughs> right. I'm like, you, you want embarrassing. Yep. You'll be thankful, you know, in 10, 15 years when you look back and you're like, oh, wait, my mom was kind of cool, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my mom was embarrassing. There was a time where she would drive my friends and me to the mall and Jay-Z's song, Bring It Back, Bring It Back was on. And she was like, gringo, gringo. I was like, oh. <laughs> mom that is not the words to the song zip it sister so I'm like hey I could be like mom Darlene busting out the lyrics that are incorrect and I don't do that so you have a cool mom that is so funny oh Oh, gosh it's crazy but it's amazing that your daughter is seeing even though she might have seen those things from the past she's recognizing that that wasn't mom like who mom was truly at her core that was mom who was out of alignment and that Mm -hmm. mom has changed and now she says okay mom this is who mom is like this is how things are supposed to be and I can do this for myself so that's amazing yeah it really really is it makes it all worth it really yeah (laughs) yes absolutely 
So it's been amazing to chat. I feel like we could chat forever. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know. <laughs> Me too. So, um, so one takeaway, just set the timer on your phone, check in with yourselves. If five minutes feels too uncomfortable, too awkward, two minutes works. I mean, we yeah. have, have two minutes. It could even yeah. just be a 30 second check-in really. I mean, Honestly, if you have yeah, it doesn't really watch, matter as long as you just pause for a yeah. second and just say, why, how am I feeling right yes. now? And why acknowledge it and then go about your day. That's all yes. it takes. So, you know, but the more you do watch, it, it oh, yeah, absolutely. Things, it's like time to breathe. Exactly. To so when, I started getting mindfulness reminders yes. on my watch. I did an update and I start, I was like, oh, okay, Apple, we're doing mindfulness reminders. So yeah, you can set it up however you want, you yeah. know, whatever works for you. I'm really big and like, I, I used to always fall into this pattern. I'd be like, oh my gosh, these people are telling me I have to do it this way. And I try to do it. And then I'd get frustrated that it wasn't working. You know, yeah. you don't have to do it the way I do it. Do what works for you. Just yeah. Like I said, it's just about taking that moment each day to really just check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. what, why am I feeling this way? What emotions is going on? And yeah. then, you know, over time, it gets easier over time. You know, you'll be willing to spend five minutes or 10 minutes doing it because you realize how beneficial it is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, all of your links to your podcast, your Instagram, your TikTok, your website, all that good stuff will be in the show notes. So if anybody wants yes. to connect with you, is it okay that they like shoot you a DM on Instagram or? Oh TikTok? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Either one. I'm, I hang out on both all the time. Um, you can shoot me an email. Um, I got all the links, you know, in my bio on, um, on both platforms. So yeah, definitely. And definitely check out the podcast. Perfect. Kim's yes. going to be on it in a couple weeks. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. We're talking all things Reiki. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's been amazing. If this episode was helpful for you and you feel like it would be helpful for a friend, please feel free to share because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to take time to leave a review, I check the reviews personally to make sure that this podcast continues to be the resource and the support that's needed um, because it's much easier to go, go at it, go at life when there's someone there cheering you on rather than going it alone. So Heather is incredible. She is definitely someone to follow along with on Instagram, TikTok, listen to the manifestation episode on her podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Heather, it was a pleasure. We will chat again for sure. Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So um, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you around next week.